Oh, top of the morning to you, universe. I've got to tell you, it's a chilly one today. Okay, so I thought I was recording for the last two minutes, but apparently eight seconds, and then somehow the pause button got pushed. So I will not try to repeat myself because I don't even really know what I said, except it's freaking cold. It's freaking cold. Um, but what you surely missed out on then, uh, and this is probably when it happened, I came outside to put the trash out and my trash can was frozen to the ground. I mean, seriously, the like Home Depot sized uh, 50 gallon trash can that we all have in our alleys. Yeah, frozen to the ground. And I'm talking dirt, not frozen to like a wet spot that iced over and it's locked in place. No, it's frozen to the dirt. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's zero degrees. Hang on. Uh, oh, I'm already getting cold. Good. It is zero degrees. The high for today is an expected three degree balmy temperature with a low of minus four. So a whole seven degrees of variance in temperature. Now, yeah, I know this isn't interesting to anybody, but it's finally, I, am I not long overdue for a weather report? I mean, we're 85 episodes in here, for God's sake. I should be at least talk about the weather once by now. Um, what I'm trying to... Oh, my God, it's cold. Um, so I'm outside in my Mickey Mouse pajamas, which I have pulled up to my knees because I figured my legs would get colder faster. I'm in my flip-flops. I've got a hoodie on because I'm not stupid. Um, it is zero degrees. And no gloves, no hat. I do have the Princess Leia's on, so actually those are helping quite a bit. My ears feel toasty. But uh, other than that, my lips are starting to get cold. My uh, hands are clearly cold. I'm starting to rub my fingers just to stay warm. And I do have frostbite, or I've gotten frostbite from riding motorcycles in the cold. And I, I'm telling you, I love being cold until I get frostbite. And that's when I'm ready for inside time. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't get frostbite at all this this season yay for me although with a zero degree day here in play obviously that's still a potential uh <laughs> loss column waiting to stack against me but uh yeah the time at home depot is when that frostbite hit and it was horrible and it still is like i don't know if you if anybody who has experienced that knows what i'm talking about when your hands are so cold they hurt and there's nothing you can do you can't even put them under warm water because that hurts more it's just um it's a condition that once you've established it doesn't go away so once your hands are prone to frostbite and the reaction therein of the cold well these kinds of cold days will drive it especially if you're stupid enough to ride a motorcycle on a zero degree day which i was i mean when i say my uh my canyon full of stupidity that i can go draw from when i want to be stupid <laughs> gives me an opportunity to make every stupid move probably that's ever been made. Now, I haven't made them all, but I've made my share. But I'm not standing out here in the cold to prove that I can have stupid move or moments, though this is kind of a stupid moment. But in keeping these daily recordings, this diary of um, whatever, random consequence, in, in having this opportunity finally... Um, evolve into something substantive. In other words, it's not just 38 days of random thoughts about movies I've seen. It's actually helping me know some things about myself that I honestly uh, had forgotten about or had maybe not paid enough attention to because when I hear subtle cues in my 
in my conversation um, repeatedly, I start to hear them. For instance, crystal meth. Um, I think I'm a, a little more uh, uh, intrigued by a repeat incident with that drug than I ever would have admitted having listened to myself talk about it. Now, is that just um, nonsense? It may be. I may just be making stuff up there. I really may. How did that break? Oh my God, how did that break? Huh, that's weird. Uh, I have one of those like uh, fold open uh, sturdy platforms on which to put shit like air conditioners that are waiting to be brought back into the house whenever it warms up. Um, and fortunately, if you're thinking of using an air conditioner, say in July, cause you're listening to this episode and it's so damn hot that you want to remember how cold it was that February day. Well, currently the air conditioner that's sitting over here to the left sounds like the stupidest thing I could turn on because now my hands are really cold because one of them's holding the phone. Um, so I just put my left hand in my pocket because my right hand's so warm compared to my left hand because it's been holding the phone, but now my right hand's getting cold. I mean, it is cold out here today. Okay. Um, so I thought, because I enjoy listening to what I've done here, um, and enjoy is a strong word. I really enjoyed the last two though. Well, not the last two, the, the two that count. The one where I'm my own hero. Eh, I guess I enjoy that one too. I'll listen to that one probably the most because it's only a minute long. Um, and I'm in a great mood. So if ever there's something to have ready at your beck and call for when you might need a little boost of your own better energy, I, I bet that little recording uh, of how great I felt Sunday is going to stick around in my life. I have a feeling that's a little box of treasure I just packed. But this little box of treasure is full of ice cubes. Oh my God, it's cold. <laughs> um, my face isn't really cold yet. I think because of the Princess Leia's. And honestly, the headphones are acting like a hat. So it really is the only part of me that's covered legitimately where heat is escaping. My legs are freezing. What do you think, Phoebe? Have we? Nope, we're not cold enough yet because if it's 106 degrees in July, well, it doesn't really get to 106 in Denver, but it gets to 101, 2, 3. If it's over 100, and look at Phoebe starting to dance because the, the concrete floor is cold. Actually, I can't put Phoebe through this. We got to go in. Come on, Phoebe. You can't stand out here. Oh, and frankly, neither can I. If this is July and I'm listening to this, trust me, it's fucking, uh, what did that woman used to say at the deli? It is colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra in the Klondike. I believe that was the phrase. There's something I haven't thought of in 30 years and we'll never think of again, hopefully. Um, hang on, Pete. There you go. Oh, how did I do that? Okay. So what does clumsiness sound like on my recording? That. Uh, and it's funny because, man, is the house nice. Woo, it's warm in here. Um, and it's probably only 64 in here, uh, 62. Um, okay. Hey, kitty, kitty, you look nice and warm. Um, uh, standing, well, coming in just now, I had another cold memory that I haven't thought of forever. Uh, just like, uh, yeah, just like that deli worker who I worked with. I'm, that's how I knew her phraseology. Um, but, <laughs> 
Let me tell you how dumb boys can be. Uh, when I worked at that wilderness school, uh, uh, this would have been my second year because uh, I had, uh, well, we had the truck. So obviously uh, I'd been there at least a year. But <clears throat> when, um, when October, November rolled around, those of us who uh, were connected to the wilderness school uh, would go out and close it down. And it was a ritual kind of thing where, you know, it'd be a three-day weekend of, of a lot of freaking hard work. But, you know, you're getting the thing basically buttoned up for next year. And if you care at all, you know, it's work that you do with, you know, the love and, and sweat and tears that come with it. But if you're three stupid 20-year-old boys doing that job... And then wondering, well, what are we going to do tonight? I mean, what are we going to do? We're gonna play poker in the barn? What are we going to do? I mean, uh, you ever play freeze out? And no, my 20-year-old friends did not talk like our overseers and uh, global uh, elites who run things. No, 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 no. They talked more like, yeah, freeze out, man. You know, freeze out. You stand in the back of the pickup truck with your shirt off and then you ride around and whoever can stay out there the longest wins. Okay, well, I guess we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze out. There's something I hadn't thought of literally for at least 25 years. I had forgotten all about it, to be honest, until I got so cold, it jogged my memory. And it was Tim and Doug and me uh, <laughs> and uh, Tim went first and sat out there for 22 minutes, 22 minutes. I mean, it was like 30 degrees, something like that. It was freezing. And I don't know if you know how cold it is to ride around topless in a pickup truck going 40 miles an hour on the back roads of Connecticut, but I made it six minutes, six. And I like the cold. I'm a huge fan. Oh my God, it's so hot in here. Why is it so hot in here? Is something that I do say more than most people would like to hear. But so uh, give me the cold. Give me the cold. I will be on the cold side of the ship. I will sit next to the cold window. I will always take the cold. Except when it came to freeze out. And I still don't know how Tim stood out there for 22 minutes. And then went out there for a championship redo and stayed out there another 11 minutes. Doug and I, Doug made it, I think, 10 or 11. Like he came, he got into double digits, but barely. And I think that was his only goal was to get to double digits. Tim, Tim was literally the Marlboro man. Like, I don't know if you go through life and you just have those people you run into, you're like, God damn, dude, you're the Marlboro man. Or, you know, the, the uh, Dos Equis guy or whatever. You know, you just run into that guy somewhere along the line. I mean, he looked just like that Marlboro man uh, advertisement in the magazines. Literally, that's why we called him that. He looked just like him. And, uh, and he was just a cool kid, you know? Like, kid. He was 20. We were kids, let's be honest. Um, he was just, he was one of those, I'll tell you exactly who he was. He was Matthew McConaughey in fucking Days and Confused. He was. And he, I mean, he just was smooth in every way. I mean, it's not like I had a man crush on him. Maybe I did. I certainly don't have homosexual thoughts, but I admire balance. I admire centeredness. I admire steady 
hands in the face of adversity. Because I found myself to be a little less than that in my life. So I do look for role models sometimes in ways I know I'm weak to think if I can find some hack that they're using to get myself a little more momentum in a place where I need it. Say uh, financial wherewithal, for instance. Um, which actually is another thing I'm getting better at. Um, but I mean, still, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> that might be the lowest bar I have to hurdle over to get better at something. But um, so again, though, how do you stay out there 22 minutes? Like, okay, you're the Marlboro man. I'm, and may, maybe you're made of steel, but it, it's like, hmm, um, I don't know. I'm, I was trying to think if I have one thing I think I can do that maybe nobody else can do, right? Like, can I uh, chug an entire two liter bottle of Coke or whatever, you know? And I once knew a guy who could, who did that. He showed it once. He barfed once too. So I don't know that one out of two is really knowing how to do it. But to chug two liters of Coke is almost asking your stomach to explode. You know what I mean? Like it, it puts you in that realm of both completely grossed out and a little bit impressed. And, um, and I think the way I move through the world, I either instantly connect and end up getting people way too uh, uh, intimate's not the word, but uh, into it might be the word. Or I repel people because they're like, dude, you're weird and you talk a lot. And frankly, you're annoying. I, and I get that opinion 100%. But the people I connect with, like that I really connect with, like the dropout art students who smoke weed and work at meat counters or whatever it is that might connect on a level that it's like soulmate two weeks in. And this can be a guy too. I'm not speaking romantically here. I'm just saying when I've, when I've made my closest human contacts, it's been instant. It's been, a, it's been like almost, I can see them crossing the room that I could be best friends with them. Um, so, uh, so when I'm working to be less working, I'm not really working, but I do have, um, I do have a, a mental image of myself being more balanced, centered, and capable in the face of adversity. Instead of panicky, um, misaligned and in fear of making mistakes, which are three very fair descriptions of how I've handled adversity in the past. But like, it's always been because I was creating my own adversity. Like it's all, it's almost like I want a little adversity to remind me that life sucks or something. I don't know. I mean, I used to, I used to literally walk around and say the phrase, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. I would say it out loud. Like I was going to tell myself this and, and now I literally walk around saying, I love my life. 
and I didn't do anything directly consequential to influence this change. Maybe this is what happens to those of us who are basket cases in our early lives. We have a midlife crisis that puts us straight, whereas everybody else walks that straight and narrow, and then in their 40s says, oh my God, I need to do something crazy. Could be, could be. I'm, I'm open to that possibility because it's got some weight behind it with the amount of evidence out there supporting it. But, you know, circumstantial evidence aside, I got some evidence last night of something that is going to devastate my year, and I know it's going to happen, and it's going to suck. But because I have a little challenge in either keeping close friends from becoming too close or from even making friends with people who might just stay responsibly distant, well, my best friends in life, hey, Bubba, they've always been my dogs. And from Rebel to Pepper to Christy to Buddy to Bogey to Bits to Max. Millhouse. Christy. Um, I've just always had, uh, I mean, I must, if, if I was anything in a past life, I wasn't uh, a prince or a pauper. I was a puppy because for whatever reason, I've always been settled in the presence of dogs. And I have to admit that if there is one thing I do think that I have a gift for, it's uh, connecting with dogs. And I know a lot of people have a gift for connecting with dogs. Dogs are connectable. I mean, they're, they're little uh, puzzle pieces waiting for you to come over and snap together with them so that they can get the love and attention that they want. Humphrey B. Such a pretty girl. Well, Phoebe and I have been together for ten and a half years. Humphrey, oh, October 5th of 2011, I picked her up. I met her in the middle of September and said, I'll take that one. I'll take Onse. She was the 11th dog in a litter of 11. And I'm going to warn you now, I might get a little weepy during this one because... Um, Phoebe's had one big challenge in life, and that is she definitely does not like to be alone or left alone. And, uh, and, and this is great for me because it means that, you know, wherever I go, Phoebe just trails behind me. She's constantly just at my, at my, my ankles and, uh, seems totally content in that position. She has been the easiest dog I've ever trained. She literally almost reads my mind and does exactly what I think I want her to do. So, uh, I don't know how many of you are dog owners, but uh, there's this look that once you get to know it, it's devastating. And Phoebe gave me that look last night for the first time. And 
it's that look of panic because something that is failing them in their body they don't understand and uh, I mean Phoebe's sick I know she's been sick for over a year so I've had plenty of time to spend with my dog come on Bubba I love you Phoebe and uh, so last night when she gave me that look in her face that she was afraid of something I knew I'd never seen it before because I've spent every moment with her huh Bubba I love you too um and I just don't want to start missing my dog already you know like it's so easy to do you just know that when they go they leave a hole size of Texas to fill back in because all they do is love us unconditionally there isn't a single ounce of hostility in my dog I've never seen her have a bad moment she's never even been snappy or snippy or angry and the cat attacks her constantly and she just takes it she just lets the cat go after her tail her paws whatever her ears it doesn't matter she understands that the cat's a basket case and she lets her act that way although you do steal the cat's food if we're being fair but hell cat doesn't eat it you might as well eat it good girl um and so when i saw the look last night and i've been up all night because um when i finished the recording the hour plus recording which really I thought was like 30 minutes. Like something with my sense of time this week has been off. But uh, uh, I, that the, the look of panic came because I was, you know, trying to help her get up on the bed, and and I could see that she wasn't, she couldn't make it, and uh, she can still get on the couch. But I had to lift her on the bed. And I've had to lift her on the bed a couple times. But I had to lift her on the bed twice last night. Because she couldn't get up. She couldn't even get her paws up. Because her tumor's so big in her chest. She can barely walk. And. I mean, it's not like she has bad days yet. She, she could be in all kinds of pain. They just won't show you. So it's impossible to know. But she still eats fine. She still ambles around the house just fine she just gets up on the couch and has a pretty chill day every day and yet I know I know that um, if, if you're aware that you're currently in the best possible situation you've ever been in with whatever a job uh, a relationship, a pet, uh, a cooking class. I don't know. It's just those situations that you don't want to end, right? You just, you just want to envision yourself always having this comfort and companionship or 
just fulfillment in your life. And, and I don't know if we're eternal energetic forces of soul fulfillment. I really don't. But I'm starting to have connections to those sort of wells of I don't know, humanity or I don't know, what is that connection? The cosmos? I really don't know. Where you start to have this knowledge of things that you don't know how you got. Or you start to understand things in a way that you've never known before. Maybe that's what wisdom is. Being able to see the bigger picture for the first time and read it right. But my last two dogs, Milhouse and Max, both left suddenly. And I do not have that concern with Phoebe because she's been on a decline now for quite some time. And in that time, she's lost some of her motor skills. We don't play nearly as much octopus as we used to. But we still get the old octopus out now and again, don't we, Bubba? We did it just two days ago. In fact, you did it, didn't you? You went and got your octopus. And that lets me know that somebody is still happy to be alive and not in so much pain that she can't go get her octopus on a sunny day and tell me, do you have time for a throw? Yes, I did. <sighs> I'm going to miss my dog. <sighs> and I just wanted her to know she's been the best dog ever. <sighs> I'm so sorry you got sick. Of all the dogs that didn't deserve it. Well, I know I'd put you number one on the list. I love you, Phoebe.